Hey, you guys, welcome to the Skates and Throats podcast. This is your host, Chris Patton, and as always, I'm joined here with the beautiful Dakota Lashak. How's it going, bud? How's it going? It is going spectacularly. No, it is. Uh, it's been a good, good slate of games uh, in the hockey world. Uh, relatively quiet week, so, you know, there's that. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah it's, I, it's, been, it's been going. It's been, a, it's been a weird week of hockey because we've had days that were stacked with, like, 13 games and days that had one game. Yeah. <laughs> like, right uh, now. The days you want to watch hockey, there's only one game on, and then the days you don't want, it's like 20 games crammed up your ass. <laughs> <laughs> I'm currently watching the New Jersey-Buffalo game. Devils just tied it up. It is currently 1-1 one to one here on a beautiful Saturday. Um, well, but, they better uh, figure out something, man. These are not looking too good for them right now. Yeah, it's tight. It's tied up. I mean, they played. We'll get into the games against the Flyers. I'm sure you have a lot to say. Um, Wedgwood has not looked great. Mm-hmm. He looked okay in that first Flyers game. He's looking okay today. He did give up kind of a shot. I, I think he should have had stick side, but uh, we'll get into that when we get into that. Let's start out with a little bit of news and some big news, and and a lot of it just kind of circled around one game this week, which is got several players coming back to play in this Bruins Capitals game. One of the big names out there that people have been waiting for, especially if you're a big bad Bruin fan is Pasternak. Oh, past the machines coming out. Yes. So I figured we'll just tackle all this in a row since it what is, do you think the odds are that he scores in his first game back? Probably about a hundred percent. That's what I thought too. Um, he just had, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, he had hip surgery, right, back in September. This is going to be his first game back. It's also looking like Ovechkin is coming back to play against the Bruins. He's cleared to return. Him and Orloff both are cleared to return from the NHL COVID-19 list. And uh, we got, we got uh, Chara in his first game against his Bruins brothers. Oh, man. What a weird fucking game that's going to look like. It is, and it's it was kind of looking like that right now with the watching just as a fan when you see something like this. Right now, Taylor Hall is playing the Devils for the first time with a Sabers jersey on, which just looks fucking off-putting. So I can only yeah. imagine if you've watched, uh, let's say, the majority of Char's career <laughs> in a Bruin sweater playing against yeah. his former they, team. They they posted a picture of him with like the shortest player on the team. And the size difference was hilarious, but it's just weird to see him in a Capitals jersey. Yeah, you know, he got his first goal this week, um, which as as a cap, which is interesting, you know, to say the least. But uh, yeah, I mean, this is the game I think a lot of people have circled on their calendars with Ovi coming back, Pasternak coming back, uh, Char meeting up for the first time. So that, I think that's one that I'm definitely looking forward to watching. Oh yeah, man, this is like a, this is like an old school WWF match. Yeah, <laughs> rivalries all around for sure. And uh, hey, Veda, how's it going? <laughs> yeah. Well, welcome to the Skates of Threats podcast. Yeah, she is ever so slightly working her way up. <laughs> Obviously, with COVID, and uh, I know all the listeners out there, you're you're aware we have a a new father here. If you listen to Knuckles Nylon roast him loud yeah. last week's show. By the way, Veda is my second child. If anybody needed to know, I do have a son as well. 
<laughs> well, yeah, but you love know, him to death. Let's, let's say you have a baby. Let's, yeah. let's say that. Um, but yeah, so let's uh, let's move along from the Bruins game. We get uh, Alexei Lafreniere scoring his first goal. Uh, a lot of people have been a little down on Lafreniere so far, and I would just say. Like it's still early in the season. You didn't really get a full training camp for these teams. So it was good for him to get his first goal here for sure. Um, do you have any thoughts on Alexi Lafreniere's first goal? And, and what do you think about the Rangers team, I guess, in general so far? Mike Luster. Like, uh, they, they definitely haven't found their rhythm. Uh, doesn't seem like it. It's it's nice to see uh, Lafreniere get his first goal. Although, you know, the, the the more important question is, does he follow through with this? Does he go on a streak, or does he just kind of like fade into the background? Well, it's the, the lines they have been playing have been really really weird, in my opinion, and the defense has not helped them. But uh, he scored his first point and and goal in overtime against the Sabers. Made you know New York wins three two, and. Uh, his it was cool to see because he gets this huge hug from Panarin, who has not started out very strong himself, to be completely honest. But nah. good to see this guy finally get over the hump, get his first goal. If you're if you're a Rangers fan, this is something you got to be very excited about. Uh, but that defense has been atrocious. I believe the Rangers are currently sitting in last place in the division. Uh, hang on, that might be. Can't remember if it was the Devils or the. Uh... Rangers. The Devils are in sixth. So. Oh yeah, yeah, they are in last. I'm sorry, you know, I get Rangers, Islanders, Devils confused. It's all in the very small tri-state area. Yeah, and the Devils are sitting above 500 or sitting at 500 right now, where you got your Islanders at you know under 500 and the Rangers way below 500 right now at like .357 or something. Yeah. Not and a we good can... looking Rangers team so far. Not a good looking Islanders team either, though. Well, that's the crazy thing about the Islanders is they started out really strong, and I thought they looked good. They, you know, win against the Devils in one game, drop another, and then have kind of been on a little bit of a losing streak here. Yeah. Um, it's it the division's so weird, and it's hard to say. I mean, the Devils are currently Travis Zajac is on COVID protocol, so we'll have to wait on his two games to hit 1000 for, for, I guess another two or three weeks. <laughs> uh, McKenzie Blackwood, obviously on, on protocol, which we've talked about, we talked about on uh, Sunday, which obviously did not help them out against the flyers. Nope. Um, and may not help them out against the Sabres, which like I said, that game is tied up right now, but uh, it's a weird division. It's the teams that I thought would be there are there. I think I had the Rangers maybe sledding into that fourth spot. Yeah, I did too. I didn't expect them to be as bad as they've been. Uh, Penguins have not been really good though either. Yeah. And man, what a weird team. They have like a negative six goal differential right what a now. Weird freaking situation they've got going on too. And, I mean, that takes us into kind of one of the news articles, which is Malkin yeah. coming out and saying, hey, he's not happy at his level of play. He said, I need to look at myself in the mirror, and I need to fight. I need I need more fight in my body. I need more fight in myself, and I need to help the team win. I, under, uh, I understand that. I'm not happy with my game right now. It's just come to the rink every day, work hard, fight every shift. It's hard to play right now without fans. It's a little different, but we're all in the same situation. I include myself, too. 
it's tough to say many good things about my game right now, but I hope it's coming and I believe in myself, which, and we talked about this. I think that he's still not a hundred percent, honestly, after watching him play. I mean, it's Malkin. It's a guy we've been watching for years and years, uh, but he, he hasn't looked good. And we, and we talked about this no. on last week's yeah. show. Uh, he had a little bit of a tough week. He rings one off the crossbar in overtime, and then he gets on a situation, a three-on-one breakaway in OT, uh, decides to pass the puck up to, like, in close. Rast just denies that shit, and then the Bruins go down and score, ending that game. So, I mean, if you're watching Malkin right now, it is, uh, it's been sad. It's a, a slow start's not unusual for, for Malkin. Uh, but in, in his first games last last, I guess his first eight games last season, he was two goals, five assists. And right now he's nowhere near that. Not I really was, doing anything like that. Yeah. And I, I mean, it's just it's just been weird to watch him play. I, I, that's the best way to put it. And hopefully I think, you know, he's not going to be like this forever. I don't think that, you know, Malkin's game has completely fell off a cliff. No. Um, and this, this is also a Pittsburgh Penguins team. I didn't, I didn't know. I can't remember if I saw it in the notes or not. Uh, their GM quit this week for personal reasons. Yeah, that is the one big news story that I think I left off the notes. Yeah. Um, yeah this is a team that is, uh, it seems like some things are going on. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if things are going on behind the scenes that are just causing tensions or, or whatever. So I, obviously we don't have this written in stone, but there have been rumors that they were trying to move Latang or move Malkin and send him to Philly. We will take him that uh, basically Rutherford had a deal worked out. Maybe I, and they don't know what they didn't list any players, but this is something that's been going on. I mean, they talked about it on hockey buzz. I believe they talked about it. A little bit on Twitter with the Puck Podcast, and Elliot Friedman also kind of talked about it a little bit. So, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. But this is a rumor. We don't know this for sure. But the the idea is that Jim Rutherford's looking at blowing some of this team up and trying to rebuild, whereas ownership is still in a win-now mode. Yeah, Uh, I just – I don't think they have the lineup for win-now, though. That's the thing. Because we've seen that drop off in, in play. Like, this current Penguins doesn't look like the same Penguins that won the Stanley Cup not too long ago. Yeah, and I mean, I don't think that Yari has been no. as bad as people are giving him. The, the defense just hasn't been great. And the unfortunate thing for them is I have zero faith in Yari's backup. And yeah, moving no. Murray, I don't necessarily know, was a great idea for them. Um Latang hasn't looked that bad to me, but that, I mean, he's a top line defenseman. That would be the easiest person to move. So I, you know, I could easily see that trade being a thing and just not getting there. I mean, I guess the big question is who do they, they, they pick back up. I could see them bringing back in an edge Shiro, especially if they're not trying to blow the team up. Uh, Maybe. He did, yeah. He did take them to some Stanley cups. He has a relationship there. Outside of that, I don't, you know, I don't know who they bring in. Um, I, the Hockey Buzzcast, Buzzcast did, did a great job of breaking down some different prospects. But to me, Ray, Ray Shiro is probably the guy I would look at first of bringing in. I mean, I think he didn't do a terrible job with the Devils. 
some of the trades that they made seemed a little rushed, like, you know, getting Subban um, didn't necessarily work out or at least has not worked out yet. But Shero did make some good trades for pe- moving people like uh, Marcus Johansson um, at the trade deadline. A lot of stuff just picking up picks. And currently we're seeing it pay off a little bit with some of the young kids that we have now that have been drafted. Uh he was a huge deal there in Pittsburgh, though. So, I mean, bringing in someone like him might be a good idea. Who knows? We do know that uh, Sidney Crosby did come out and say that it it surprised him. And it turns out this wasn't anything COVID-related, as far as we're aware. When we say personal reasons, I'm assuming that he just disagreed with management based on everything we've heard so far. Yeah, that's the uh, that's the uh, that's kind of the feeling I got from it. And there's also rumors out there that Mario Lemieux may be trying to sell his portion of the team or take a smaller role as owner. I don't know how much legs that has, but it's definitely something that's been talked about out there in the media, which could have played into this. Who knows? Possibly. Uh, It's just it remains to be seen. Either way, things are looking a little dicey in Pittsburgh, and they definitely need to – I definitely need to work on the offense and uh, shore up defense because that that type of play cannot sustain in this in this division. Yeah, and uh, you know, speaking of that, there's been some surprises around the league, and they did a, a breakdown of this. And some of the players they have on here, I don't like. To me, Anze Kopitar shouldn't be a surprise. Yeah. <laughs> like John Gibson being good for the Ducks, I, I don't necessarily is I don't necessarily think is a surprise. I don't know what team they've been fucking watching with Scott Wedgwood making this list. Um, he had one shutout against the Islanders, but I don't know that that was necessarily great play on his part or just bad play on the Islanders, as we've seen, who've kind of went into a slump since that game. The one person on here that I, I, I completely agree with, 100% agree with, is Bobby Ryan, who's just having kind of a resurgence in his career. He's playing on a very bad Detroit Red Wings team. Yeah, but you know what? He's making the best of it. And so far, he scored eight points. He's got five goals, three assists. Or that was last year. Um, I think he scored – oh, he scored four goals in seven games for, for the Red Wings. So That's not bad at all. Yeah. Uh, I mean, especially considering what he has on that team that has a lot like uh, Zadina is out for them. I'll, I'll pull up that. We'll talk about the COVID list a little later, but I know that they have like four injuries of starter pl- starting players or people that are on the COVID list that normally would be there. They're in last place. And yeah, this is a much familiar territory if you're a Red Wings fan. But age. uh with this being a very short season and Bobby Ryan looking as good as, good as he has, I could see him getting moved at the trade deadline and, and you getting a payoff for that. So if you're a Red Wings fan, at least at least you're getting to watch this version of Bobby Ryan. I think he's looked good so far this season. That's one of my biggest surprises. Another big surprise for me is Ty Smith for the Devils, who's currently the second highest scorer on the Devils. He just had another assist this game. Um, I believe that he's up there in the Calder Cup or for points for rookies. If I can pull up the NHL stats here, I think he was in second place last time I looked, which is surprising because he's putting those points in as a defenseman. We've seen this last year with Kel McCarr. Um, 
<laughs> Kel McCarr and uh, uh, Quinn Hughes. But uh, right now, for your rookies, Ty Smith is one point behind. Uh, Who's on the first? Who's Capri Sun. But they they're technically are tied right now. You know, the points won't update until after this game is over. But Ty Smith uh, currently, I guess they're actually counting that as a goal and not an assist. It was hard to tell because Miles Wood was in front of the net. And like I said, this game is happening live. But yeah, uh, looking good so far. That that's one of my pleasant surprises, as well as Igor Sharangovich, who Scored a game winner, has looked pretty good himself. I believe he has three goals so far this season, and it's just absolutely flying. It kind of came out of nowhere because I don't even think that he was expected to make the team, and now he's currently playing on the second line with his Ajax being out. So those are two big surprises from people I've watched. Uh, Gibson being as good as he has in Anaheim, that, that is one that I agree with. Is there anyone on the list that Kaprasov, I would consider a surprise just for how fast of a start he's gotten out, and he wasn't on that list. So, any yeah, surprise that's, players? Yeah, that's just, no, Kaprasov uh, is one I was going to say just because when's the last time you saw a rookie just completely break out like this kid's been doing? Well, right now with the Ty Smith, apparently, but outside of yeah, that, well, yes. <laughs> <laughs> outside of that yeah i mean they they look like if they keep playing the way they're playing that's going to be your top two in the calder this year as far as voting goes and we'll see yeah. i mean it's it's a weird season yeah, it's been a really weird season so far but a fucking enjoyable one at that yeah i mean it was really fun watching even though the devils did not fare well it was fun watching them play these back-to-back games against the Islanders and the Flyers over the past week. I mean, that it's exciting. Yeah, for sure. Let's for see. Sure. What do we have next on the docket? You, you actually talk about uh, Kevin Fiala. Yeah. Let's talk about Kevin Fiala. You, you actually sent me this, so I'll let you some synopsis this. Oh yeah. I mean, it was a, a really, really fucking bad hit. Um, uh, so from from the video that I watched, it looks like uh, Patrick Roy, which I, I uh, or I'm sorry, Matt Roy, not Patrick fucking Moi. Uh, Matt Roy was going to the corner for the puck. Uh, Kevin Fiala came up behind him, and uh, just as he was getting to the boards, he pushed him into it. Uh, anyway, Roy went into it head first, so uh, Fiala has been handed a three-game suspension, uh, no pay. So that's uh, and uh, you will forfeit seventy seven thousand dollars five hundred eighty six dollars uh, and twenty one cents. So quite a bit of money. Uh, but yeah, uh, it was a bad hit. I completely agree with the punishment. Uh, you know, a lot of times you you see these plays and maybe they're questionable. This is just a bad play. Like don't 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 push someone down if you're that close to the boards. Yeah, and just for anyone that hadn't seen it, this isn't a situation where the player tied the puck up in a board and and he came in hot. The puck is way headed towards behind the net on the left side. Uh, you kind of see Roy going down, and just Fiala just gives him a good push and kind of, I don't know, reminded me a little bit of Claude Lemieux kind of hit. Gives him a good push, and he goes head face first into the boards which is definitely fucking scary yeah for sure and the rest of his team's down ice so we didn't even get a scrum afterwards 
No, well, he I, was pretty much escorted right off after that. It was pretty instantaneous. I, I have a feeling that that's not the last we're going to see. That uh, kind of hit will be remembered, I would think. Oh, yeah, he's going to get his ass kicked the next time he steps onto the ice with him. And, I mean, Fiala by no means is a tough guy. No, it, and this isn't this isn't the type of play he usually is known for. Uh, I think in this case it's just a bad judgment call. <laughs> yeah, everyone makes mistakes. and I, This is his first suspension ever, right? Yeah. So it's not like this is a uh, he's not a Tanner Glass. <laughs> no, he's not a he's not a Victor Cromwell. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, it's it was a very unfortunate hit. I think they did the right thing. Three yeah, game suspension. Sure. Uh, you can't do that type of hit in this this day and age. Is this type of hit worse than hanging out in the hotel room? Like Ovechkin, because didn't Ovi get four games? I mean, it just depends on what they were doing in the. Because I don't think they were just playing Hangman in the in the hotel room. <laughs> we still have not heard. I don't so. think they were just coloring in their coloring books. We have just heard that they have broken uh, COVID protocols. So yes. Uh, what uh, what's the next on the on the news here? I had to step away from my laptop. Uh, on, on the news docket here, yes. Uh, so we got the Golden Knights and the Sharks game being postponed due to, once again, COVID-19. Uh, so like we said, like we alluded to in the last episode, uh, these type of things are going to happen. Uh, we are currently dealing with a worldwide pandemic. Um, so pretty much we're just going to have to play this by ear. It was going to be a hell of a game to watch, mainly because I think the Sharks and the Golden Knight is probably my favorite rivalry to spring up in recent seasons uh but also because the sharks are terrible this season and the golden knights are like perennially good uh so it should equate to a pretty decent ass whooping that i was very much looking forward to and we'll continue to look forward to when it when they finally do play it and for new listeners out there <laughs> if, if you haven't known uh, <laughs> let's just say the golden sharks are your girlfriend team Mm-hmm. The Golden Knights. Or the Golden Knights, the Golden the Sharks. The Golden Sharks. That would be great. <laughs> um, <laughs> I like gold. That's like a James Bond uh This fucking gold member. Yeah, uh, freaking Golden Sharks. <laughs> um, yeah, it's... I'm just... This, this is kind of the surprising thing to me is there hasn't been more of this in the West with everything that's going on in California. I guess that was well, my biggest I mean, surprise. Is either that they're saw, doing a really good job at maintaining their protocols and doing the things that they need to do. Uh, so that's either a testament to the players' capacity to do the things that they need to do, uh, and also the NHL and just how they're conducting this. I think that that's what that means. Yeah, and I mean, this ties back to the Central Division, which I don't think there's any way that those teams get to 56 games. No. So while that sucks... I could see them easily only playing 40 games this season just because of how many games have been delayed. And mm-hmm. if you start seeing this in the West, you could see similar uh, activities. So far, we haven't had anything postponed in the North or the East yet that I'm aware yeah, of. Yeah, which has been really surprising. I, I thought for sure, like in the New York, uh, like the New York, I guess, New Jersey, Philly area would be particularly bad. But yeah, no, I haven't seen anything. We've seen a lot of COVID protocols 
um, where players have been taken away, but that to me that means that they're handling it properly, right? Yeah. Yeah, not sacrificing uh, safety for points, you know. Yes, which I we'll see if that continues or if some team kind of bucks the trend and ends up getting fined like a bazillion dollars. Yeah, we find <laughs> you one trillion dollars. <laughs> um, kind of some more positive news, Willie O'Ree. Uh, He's been, you know, kind of a big face this year for the NHL. They've they've definitely been doing a lot with him. Uh, I'm a, I'm assuming they will continue that right now with uh, with the fact that it's going to be it's, it's Black History Month starts in February. They've definitely made some focus on Black Lives Matter. I know New Jersey is doing a support black businesses movement currently, and a bunch of other teams around the league. But basically. Uh, Willio Reed gets his COVID vaccine. He is a 85-year-old hockey Hall of Famer, and he's like, there are a lot, uh, there are not a lot of black people who are getting their shots. He's like, maybe, well, they can say now Willio Reed, he stood in line, he's getting his shot. Maybe it'll help everyone out. And uh, basically, he's just trying to do this to be a positive role model. As he and, always has, because that's the type of person he is. And it's a goddamn he, treasure. He came out and he said history absolutely plays a role to why communities of color are hesitant to get the vaccine um, and, and basically just went on to say this. But th- I think this is just it's been good the way the NHL has been I'm, I, handling what's already been a weird year with the protests and dissension in the country in general. But, uh, yeah, that was a little bit of a positive news, and I think uh, really cool for Willie O'Ree just continues to be fucking awesome, which he's already in our Hall of Fucking Awesome. I think he yes. I think he was one of the first players that we put in. So I believe he is, yes. And uh, moving on to some, some further happy news. Before we end on, I, I don't want to say a sad note, but a, a, a sadder note, another goalie retiring, but we have two big hockey productions coming out. We Fuck have yeah, one, man, this is... This is what I'm talking about, man. This is like this is like the late '90s all over again. Hockey's going to be super popular. It's going to be dope. I hope so. We have uh, Riley starring in both of these films from Letterkenny. Funny yeah. enough. Uh, but uh, Odd Man Rush, which is based on a true story. When I sent you, I sent you the trailer. Did you get a chance to watch the trailer? Oh yes, I watched both both trailers. It looks really good, honestly. It does. So, uh, um, I think uh, it's being produced by the same people that produced Mystery Alaska. Yeah, so if you like Mystery uh, Alaska, it's going to be pretty damn good. Yeah, they have a they have a track record with hockey hockey movies, so it seems like it's in good hands. Uh, had a, had a kind of like miracle esque feel to it, you know, in just terms of uh, atmosphere. Uh, so I, I don't know. I'm gonna give it a. I guess I'll give it a watch. Yeah, I mean it's it's uh it's I guess one of the the big things here and probably very notable for NHL fans is the son of Wayne Gretzky, Trevor Gretzky, is is a star in this film. Yes. Um, we also get the daughter of Mario Lemieux, Alexa Lemieux. She is um, the composer. She composed the score. Uh, and uh, NHL defenseman and current Edmonton Oilers associate coach Jim Playfair. It, from what I can tell, this is a it's a little bit of a love story about a player who gets injured and ends up having to go play in the Swedish Hockey League, and kind of his story from there. And from what I can tell, it's based on a true story. But the 
anytime you give me kind of like a mystery Alaska type vibe or tell me that the producers of mystery Alaska is going to be doing a new film. I'm definitely going to give it a watch. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Uh, It's, it's going to be pretty, pretty awesome. So I'm looking forward to seeing this. And then I guess the, the news that I know me and you are going to be very, very excited about is, Hey man, we're getting more story from the mighty ducks. Fucking ain't right. And I saw, I gotta tell you, when I saw Amelia Estevez next to that freaking Zamboni, I just thought, he looks an awful lot like Martin Sheen. And then it clicked. I'm like, ah, yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah, that's, that's just dad. Yeah. Um, I'm a smart guy. It was, uh, there's one great line from like, Riley, who I don't, I guess his, his real name is Dylan, but for, for yeah, our Dylan's like fair. Like, for our purposes, we're just going to continue to call him Riley. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. But uh, he, he has a line in the trailer where he's cu- he's cutting this kid. This kind of has a little Giants vibe where, mm-hmm. uh, God, what is the lady from Gilmore Girls name? Lauren Graham. Lauren Graham. Lauren Graham Excuse is one me. of the stars of this show. She's absolutely beautiful. Love Lauren Graham. Have always had a crush. Always. So, so much. Just... <laughs> Absolutely. Everything about her. So it's exciting to have Lauren Graham and Emilio Estevez in a film together. That, that'll that be fun. But uh, the big line here I caught from the trailer was, I guess, Riley or Dylan Dylan's character comes out. He's like, if you can't be great at hockey, it's like, why even bother <laughs> while he's cutting this kid? Um, <laughs> I mean, he's got the point, though. So from the trailer, it looks like they go and they try to find a place, I guess, where they can practice. And they find this old ring called the Ice Palace in Minnesota. And uh, who's there keeping the ice, holding the ice down with the Zamboni, as you pointed out, Emilio Estevez? Martin Sheen himself. (laughs) Yes, Martin Sheen himself. Um, (laughs) Very exciting stuff. I'm looking forward to this. I hope this gets a whole generation of kids into hockey the way that this movie got me into hockey as a kid. And, uh, yeah, just good stuff. I mean, Disney Plus has been – I mean, they're playing on a lot of our nostalgia, but it seems like this is – I mean, they're using younger kids than they had in the first Mighty Ducks movie from what yeah. I can tell. Uh, yeah. <laughs> apparently, Pee Wee Hockey. No, the uh, lack, of, uh, lack of Flyers hats I noticed too in that trailer – can not help but wonder where my fucking goalie is? Well, I mean, you know, Goldberg was from Philly, right? Yeah. But lived in Minnesota was the original storyline of why he wore Flyers gear. Okay, yeah. well, make the next one a Flyers fan. That's all I'm asking. <laughs> I don't care how you do it. Lots of Minnesota University gear, from what I could see in the... Uh... Oh, yeah. <laughs> in the uh, in the movie, maybe we'll get some maybe we'll get some Minnesota players. Maybe we'll get some. Maybe Zach we'll Crazy. get to finally see a mini haha waves game. <laughs> Either way, I'm super excited about this. I hope everyone else out there is excited and will check it out. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. It's good that they were able to get Emilio Estevez involved in this. Yes, and, and he this. is wearing a fantastic Harrison Ford. In, in, this, in the Force Awakens disguise. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's going to be great, man. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And uh, I guess that brings us to our last news topic, which is, from what I can gather, Jimmy Howard retires because he doesn't want to play for fucking Edmonton. No. So he just officially retires for now. I uh, mean, do you blame him, though? Like, yeah, you're getting to play with, like, 
Connor McDavid and stuff, but you have to fucking play for Edmonton. Yeah, who <laughs> and you're not, Jimmy Howard. Yeah, which and is, this not, is not 2008. Great. And they have not looked great this year. I mean, I, I could like I said, I, the only teams I saw that could be potentially trying to sign him would be Toronto, which I don't know that they. They obviously lost on Arundel when they sent him down on waivers because yeah. he signs with the Devils. Just I would have a assumed great pickup for you guys. Yes, and I assumed that the Devils would have been either in on Howard uh, before that waiver went went down. I figured the two teams that would have been on, in in on Howard would have been the Oilers and the Devils, just because the Devils obviously lost Crawford. They currently have Wedgwood in net, <laughs> which because Blackwood is on COVID protocol. Uh, Jimmy Howard had a pretty good career. I don't know that I would call it a Hall of Fame career. Mm, he is. Yeah. No, no, no. Let's back it up, though. Hang on. He was a part. He was. You can't say that's not a Hall. Of, he was a part of that dynasty. A big part of that dynasty. I don't know. If the, you know, the few seasons that it was, I don't know if that qualifies him. But I, you, you can't discount what he was. Well, when was let's look okay, let's look up Detroit's last cup win first and foremost because they their last cup win was 2007-2008 and he played four games that season. So he really became into Detroit in 2009-20, you know, 2009 to 2010 and the Red Wings streak, their playoff streak as far as I remember ended in 2015 okay so i mean he was still a part of the playoffs a bit but i i get what you're saying i don't know i can't look at jimmy howard as not a big part of i mean you saw the uh you saw the uh his post that he made it was i mean it was mostly aimed at red wings the red wings fans he's a big part of that team I, I, I would say so. I mean, he was their constant presence in the net. He, you know, he played. played Do you with think the world. they retire his number? I don't know. Have have they retired Chris Osgood's number? Uh, probably not. Because those are, I would say that they're very similar. Yeah, um, that's fair. He was part of the World Cup team twice as the goaltender in the World Cup team. Neither of those teams. I believe he finished in seventh and fifth, so that's not blowing numbers. But he played there the same year as Corey Snyder, I believe, was one of the other goaltenders. And Jonathan Quick, I want to say, was their third. Um, probably the most memorable thing, I, I you know, one of the, if you're a University of Maine fan out there, you get the great game between him and Corey Snyder, both in net. Um, and Howard pitching a shutout in that game. So if you're, you know, as far as big big stuff happens, that would be it. But we just look at his career stats real quick. He was uh, he played 543 games. He started 523 of those. Won 246. Lost 196. Uh, 70 of those games go into overtime, which I think is an important stat because you he played through all of the shootout years. So some of those games are a coin toss, but he finishes with a 0.92 or 0.912 save average with 24 shutouts and over almost 40 or almost 31,000 minutes played. Um, I think a very good career. I don't Not know. Not necessarily Hall of Fame, though. Yeah. 
But, you know, shout out. I watched a lot of Jimmy Howard. My, as we talked about on the show before, my roommate was a huge Red Wings fan. And Jimmy Howard was the constant presence in net. Him and Mrazic for a long period of time there um, during the time that my roommate lived with me. So I've watched a lot of Jimmy Howard. I think he's a pretty damn good goaltender. You don't get asked to play, you know, for Team USA in the World Cup if you're not a fucking good goaltender. Yeah. Like, if you can't even play hockey, then why are you here? <laughs> if you can't be great at hockey, why why even do it? Yeah. As, as Riley would say. Uh, let's just really quickly go into the standings. Uh, we're going to have a little bit of a shorter show today. Um, but, yeah, so right now in the North Division, the Scotia North North Division. Oh, it's so weird to me. I don't like saying that. <laughs> I don't like saying the Mass Mutual East. I just thought you like, you remember that scene in Idiocracy where everything that dude said, he followed it up with sponsored by Carl's Jr.? Yes. That's what I feel like every time I have to fucking say the Mass Mutual East or the Scotiabank North. So with uh, nine games played, seven wins, two losses, you got Toronto in first place. In second place, we got Montreal with five wins, zero losses, and two overtime uh, points at sitting at 12. They've obviously played two less games. Same thing with Winnipeg. Winnipeg is five. I've uh, won five games, played, uh, lost two they're sitting at 10 points and Vancouver rounds out your top four. They're at five and five. So directly at 500 with 10 points, Edmonton kind of surprising Cal uh, Calgary kind of surprising and Ottawa, Ottawa, maybe not so much as far as where they're sit, but with Edmonton and Calgary, Edmonton's got six points so far, three wins, six losses, a point three, uh, three thirty three percentage and uh same thing with with calgary they're they're at a point four one seven they've played three less games than edmonton so it's not i don't think they're as in dire need as edmonton edmonton really needs to get going in the shortened season you play yeah nine for games, sure so yeah you're not you don't have any time to be bad i mean that's the thing the devils need to at least get a point today even talking about my team currently the game's tied by the way two two for those listening um but yeah, it's it. You can't fall behind. You can't fall far behind if you want any chance of making the playoffs. And I mean, hell, they're not they're not Ottawa. Ottawa is one in six right now with eight games played, which is just terrible. The gold differential is looking similar to the Red Wings last year, at negative uh, nineteen. So not a lot of positive things to that I can think of as far as if you're an Ottawa fan goes. But I hope you know. We got a very heavy draft this year, so that's good. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> we talked about the East, East Division earlier, so I'll just go over the leaders. We got Washington in first, Boston in second, Philly in third. You picked Yay. up two wins against the Devils this week. Okay, and uh, Pittsburgh in fourth place. We'll go over this real quickly for the people that uh, listen to this because we talk about Jersey and <laughs> the Flyers so much. Uh, the Devils came back to tie the game headed into the third take some dumb penalties the score ends up what five three by the end of the game the game was a lot closer than it looks by the end of the third period but the devils pick up a ton of really dumb penalties in the second um and somehow fought their way back but it, it the following game the thursday night game was not close at all which would look awful i think it finished up four one right yeah uh, I will say the big thing to take away from 
at least from the Flyers side of things, is both to me, both Elliott and Hart looked very good. Hart, after letting in one goal by Severson on Thursday, which was an absolute blast snipe. So I'm not going to blame him too much on that one. Looks completely solid the rest of the game, which is the follow up from his mental breakdown in Boston. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> so if you're a Flyers fan, that was good to see. Also, Goss Despair coming back in. Very positive stuff for you guys. I don't think that he he didn't look incredible, but he also looks like, you know, shake some rust off. See where things go. Yeah. Uh, he's just he's a solid defenseman. I don't think Flyers fans have anything to worry about with him. He produces when he's on the ice and he's healthy. So as long as he can stay that way, I think he's going to be a good contribution uh, and shore up our defensive line because we do need help with that. Yep. And, uh, you know, not to drive the point home, but Islanders and Rangers sitting dead last currently. Yep. Um, Talking think... to New York, man, can't catch the break this season. Yeah, they're one point apart from each other. I, I don't know that there's as, as much to worry about with the Islanders, but uh, the Rangers, they need they need something to happen. I don't know if they need to make a trade to pull in, get get a defenseman, and I don't know where you would go to get that defenseman, but they need some help on the defensive side. And uh, Georgiev's looked good. Shesterkin people have already started bashing on this year, uh, and he – looked okay the, the game i saw them play against the devils they switched goalies in the second so uh they went from georgiev to to shesterkin like mid-game so i haven't got to see a whole lot of the rangers so far this season i've been watching a lot of flyers a lot of devils a lot of bruins um caught you know any team the devils have played i've seen more but i you know i haven't seen I've only seen that one game with the Rangers, so I'm not going to speak of their all of their troubles. But from what I can tell right now, defense, at least in that Devils game, their defense looked very, very suspect. Yeah, for sure. Um, that brings us to the Discovery Central, <laughs> which, is by a, Carl's Jr. which is a weird division because currently in second place, we have a team that's only played four games, which is the Dallas Stars. They're 4-0. With eight points, Columbus is leading with 11 points. They're 4-2 with three overtime. Three overtimes, they're 1-1 one one in shootout. So kind of let you know what happened in those games. But uh, following in third place, we have Nashville, who's at eight points. They're tied. They've played seven games. They're 4-3. and three. And Florida, who's also only played four games, they're currently 3-0-1. Oh, so they're sitting at seven points. Tampa, surprisingly, after starting pretty strong, are 3-1-1. One yeah, it's really weird to see Tampa and uh, New Jersey so close to each other in league standings. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I guess so. But they've only played five games. The Central is just so weird. Um, you know, the teams that have played the most games being Chicago, Detroit, and Columbus. And Detroit is in last place at 2-5-1. and one. Carolina is in seventh with – they're 3-1 with six points, so um, – that's, you know, that's not a bad record. It's just like they only have six points. So that's just where they're at right now. Chicago is ahead of them, but has looked way more terrible than Carolina. Yeah. And they're, they're two and four uh, two with two wins and, and four losses. That's a weird division. I don't think they're going to play all 56 games. So if you're getting out to a quick start, that's where you want to be in life. 
Yeah, fucking Dallas going from dead last to second place in a matter of four games. Yeah. And, uh, it is. <laughs> that pretty much wraps us up for the day. I mean, real quick, I'm going to talk about all the people that are currently on uh, – currently on code protocol we won't do we're not going to do a game breakdown for the games that we all watched this week just uh due to time constraints but uh let me see if i can find those injuries real quick from tsn and i'm just going to go through all the people currently on covid protocol uh carolina hurricanes they currently have five players on protocol probably the biggest being tara vinen Ooh, yeah the Blackhawks had Adam Boquist in, Adam Dabrinkit on COVID protocol. All right, both Adams. Colorado Avalanche have their goaltender, uh, Frank Hooves, or is it Francois? I can't ever yeah, remember. I think it's Frank Hooves, but I always feel suspect saying that because I'm like, oh, I'm not comfortable saying that last name. So it's like Francois, I'm just, I don't like it. Not my <laughs> favorite last name. He is currently... Uh, out with a lower body injury, so he's not on COVID protocol. Um, sorry, my bad on that one. Let's see. Hey, it's okay. You're only human. The Red Wings have two big names. They have uh, Philippe Zadinia, Sam Gagne, John Merrill, who's the defenseman they brought in, former devil, as well as Fabry, all on COVID protocol currently. Uh, Oilers, not hit as bad. They have a goalie. Grosnick, who is on protocol, I think that's their third goalie, though. And uh, Haas, one of their centers, is on COVID protocol. Um, Anthony Siu for the LA Kings, that's a big loss for them. He's out with COVID protocol, listed as day-to-day. Um, let's see. Devils hit hard this week. They got Aaron Dells out, uh, COVID protocol. Mackenzie Blackwood still on COVID protocol. And Travis Sajak still on protocol or is on COVID protocol as of the 28th. Um, the Rangers have Richards out, COVID protocol. So let's see. I think that might be all of the COVID protocols. But as Well, you can we see, can only hit – we can – yeah, Devils, Devils got fucking shafted, two of their goalies. Uh, well, the Washington Capitals, they're going to start getting some of these players back, but they have Kisnetsov, yeah. Samsonov. Uh, Ovechkin and Orloff. Ovechkin and Orloff are already off, which me, which makes me think that Mackenzie Blackwood must actually have COVID since he's been out two weeks. Yeah. Um, which is worrisome. But yeah, yeah, very troublesome. But these guys were playing Scrabble in their hotel room, so. Yes. Um, big one for for the Vegas Golden Knights. Your girlfriend team is Alex Petrangelo. Yes. He went out on COVID protocol on the 27th. Obviously a big part of that defense. Yes, and, he uh, is. Pierre-Luc Dubois, he is on COVID protocol, but it's only because he got traded. So I don't know how long that's... that's I think that's be just the 14-day. Yeah, that's similar to what happened with Eric Bell. But that that's going to wrap us up for today. Dakota, say, say goodbye to the good people. Uh, I will. You can always follow me at LaShock Dakota. You'll have to I'll have to apologize for the shortness of this. If you can't hear, my daughter in the background is finally uh, finally melting down, so I have to go tend to her. But yes, you can follow me at LaShock Dakota. Uh, I float around geek vibes from from show to show, so 
never know where you're going to catch me, but, uh, you know, drop me a line on Twitter. Definitely give me a follow. I'll keep you updated. Yep, and if you want to follow me, you can hit me at, at Chris R. Patton on Twitter, Christopher.r.patton on Facebook, and Chris R. Patter on Inst- Chris R. Patton on Instagram. Uh, I did a show with WandaVision. If you want to check that out, you can. And uh, that's it for us. And as always, peace out and let the geek vibes be with you. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.